0: Morning, everybody. Welcome to Cairns. We've got quite a few people that are part of the congregation today, so it's so good to see you face to face, everybody. Welcome, and it's great to see people who are. I don't know which camera I'm looking at. I'm looking at that camera there. Thank you for all who have joined us on Zoom. And again, we're back, as Jenny said in the beginning of the service. Um, into this hybrid and uh, we are in the second Sunday of Advent. And Advent is about coming. And today we're going to hear an old prophecy that was said around 500 years before Jesus came, seven hundred years. And Elicia is going to read it from us. Uh, for those of you who are at home, you've got your Bibles um, and those of you who've got your phones here, and it's Isaiah chapter 40 verses 1 to 11 let's all hear god's word
1: comfort comfort my people says your god speak tenderly to jerusalem and proclaim her and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed that her sin has been paid for that she has received from the lord's hand double for all her sins a voice, for, a voice of one calling in the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every valley shall be raised up, every mountain and hill made low, and the rough ground shall become level, the rugged places a plain, and the glory of the Lord will be revealed, and all mankind together will see it. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass, and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because of the breath of the Lord's blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up, do not be afraid. Say to the town of Judea, here is your God. See the sovereign, Lord comes with power and his arms rules of him see his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him he tends his flock like a shepherd he gathers the lamb in his arms and carries them close to his heart and he gently leads those that have young
0: may god's name be blessed through the public reading of his word well done Alicia for reading it for us. <clears throat> you can stay here and preach with me if you wanted, or you can go and sit down. So this ancient word, Lord, may it give life to us as we have heard it, and may give life to us as we put it into our hearts and honor you with our lives. God, I pray that you will help us to concentrate on your word now and you'll help me to deliver it with clarity. For your glory, for your sake, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So we, this this year, we, we've just um, started, as of last Sunday, the first Sunday of Advent. I'm looking at that camera now. Okay, and... Uh, So, last Sunday, we talked a little bit about hope, and we spoke, and we were drawn to the journey of um, Elizabeth, and more so, Zechariah, and the hope that they had, and how God met them in in their uh, despair, and the experience that Zechariah had with his um, conversation with the angel Gabriel. Um, So, this This Advent is is about waiting, but as I said last Sunday, Advent is coming, actually. It is God's coming, and uh, we have kind of, um, for the last 2,000 years, really, have been waiting for His second coming. God, in His um, might and in His power, uh, decided to come to earth. 2,000 years ago, in a shape, in a form of a baby, and lived a life here. And with that promise of returning, this is that place where the Church of God, His people, uh, are expecting. So, the, this coming is for the Church, really. This coming is for you and me, who have got that allegiance with Christ, because we await and his second return because, as we were reminded last Sunday, he is a God of promise and he keeps his promises. But as we will see in the prophecy today, Isaiah is writing, Isaiah is speaking to people who are in the midst of despair and brokenness. They're in the midst of confusion because they have been exiled. And God is appointing this prophet to speak life to his people. So, I, I love Isaiah chapter 40 because it starts with that note of encouragement. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem. And how much... Do we need to hear those words during this time? Comfort. Comfort. Yes, it is good to talk about God's promises. It is good to remember God's promises. Yes, it is good to remind one another, even to recite them. But what if those promises that we know by heart have not got that power because God Himself has become small in our eyes. I've been really challenged this week, and I, I'm bringing that to you again. And uh, not because I want to challenge you, because I want to bring it, because I want to share it. But but the question that I keep coming back this year is: How big is your God? I can recite to you the whole Scriptures, I can recite to you all promises, but if they do not match the size of the God that I believe in, then maybe they're not as powerful. So this opportunity that we have today is to draw to that place that not only we recall God's promises. But we have that fresh revelation through the Spirit of God and through the reading of the Word of how great our God is. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Look at the way that the prophet starts with that powerful analogy of that relationship. He's calling the people, this is your God. You are in a relationship with him. This is your God. This is not just a God out there. This is not just a statue that is sitting or is standing somewhere. This is your God. Comfort, comfort. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim what God has brought the good news. A voice is calling in the wilderness, in the ze- in the desert. Prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. All the um, gospels have given this verse to John the Baptist. So, who am I to argue with that? But it's that good news, the voice calling on the wilderness. Prepare the way for the Lord. A voice says, verse 6, cry out, and what shall I say? What shall I cry? And he's saying, God has spoken. God has spoken. The grass withers, the flowers fall, but the Word of God stands forever. How big is your God? And if you and I are Expectant, and are we leaning as we lean forward to his coming? My challenge, my encouragement, my, my plea to you this morning is that we just don't lean forward just with that posture, but we embrace and we say, This is our God. Look what verse 9 says. Here is your God, the end of of verse 9. There are some translations that say, Behold, this is your God. See, the sovereign Lord comes with power, and his arm rules for him. See, his reward is with him, his recompense accompanies him. He tends the flock like a good shepherd. One of the commentators was saying that when the promises of God seem powerless to quiet our fears, soothe our grief, lift our worries, motivate our obedience, we need to do more than simply hear these promises again. We need to behold the God who gives them. I'll say that one more time. When the promises of God seem powerless to quiet our fears, to soothe our grief, to lift our worries, to motivate our obedience, we need to do more than simply hear his promises again. We need to behold the God who gives them. See, here is your God. Cairns Church, Cairns Family, this is your God. Behold, he is the God of this promise. He is coming, actually. He is coming. He is the God of comfort. He is the God who speaks. He is the God who is sovereign with power. And I'm quoting only these 11 verses from Isaiah. He is the God who is the shepherd. And Elise, I didn't read verse 12 because I didn't ask her to. But verse 12 says, he is the God of wisdom. Behold your God. We need to behold the God who gives these promises and this promise of his coming comes on the back of who God is. What are we going to do about that? Well. Yes, it is good to say, talk about promises. Yes, it is good to say about Behold. But there is something that comes with that Behold package. And it's that step of faith. It's that step of trust. It's that step of embrace. So, so it's not only just leaning forward and expecting His coming, By saying, God, we trust you. It does not make sense why we've got pandemic. It does not make sense why we've got COVID. But we trust you. We trust you because you are the God of comfort, even in this time of pandemic. We trust you because you are the God who speaks and gives life. You are the sovereign. We trust you because you are the good shepherds. And it says here, he tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms. He carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Behold, this is your God. Behold, this is your God. Behold, this is your God. So, our attitude is that not only we stand in awe of who God is and His greatness, but we say, Lord, I know I've got clever ideas and I sometimes think that I'm cleverer than you and that stops me to behold who you are, but today I choose to trust you because you are worthy of my trust. Not because my trust is any worth or anything like that, but you are cleverer, you are better, you are bigger than I can ever imagine. I remember when we did the Alpha with the young people and we were watching a video of the galaxies, I think we've shown that video here as well, and it it amazes how how small the dot of the earth becomes in the whole myriads of the galaxies and stuff. And it shows it puts things in perspective really. And it shows the greatness of God. And I just wanted to leave you with that on that place that if you've got somewhere where you think that you 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 enjoy the greatness or the grandeur, I don't know what does it for you, but for me, if I was to sit on not necessarily on a beach, but somewhere that I could see the vastness of the sea and the ocean. That's what gives me that sense of awe and says, whoa, God is much greater than that. I don't know what triggers for you. Maybe it could be a grandeur of a mountain. It could be some, some great landscape of somewhere. I don't know what... But I want you to think of that now. But also I want to think you that that is in a minuscule in comparison to what God is. So yes, God is coming. Yes, he's he's promised that he'll do so. Yes, the invitation is for us to trust him today. So God is inviting us to be comforted by him today. God is inviting us to listen because he speaks. God is inviting us to shepherd us, and God is inviting us to tap on his wisdom. Behold, this is your God, even in the time of pandemic. Take a moment, and then we to pause, and then um, I'm going to invite the young people to help us with Lighting the Advent candle.
1: The first candle lit is a sign of our hope, hope that you still hope that you should love us, and come and us where we are. Our hope in you in the mess of our world. The Lord has promised to be our comfort. He has spoken and comforted us in his Son. His glory has been revealed. We have all seen his perfect speaking, and he reveals to us his truth in Jesus. The prophet Isaiah reminded us to prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. When God comes, he gives salvation, healing, forgiveness, and restoration. We make the way so we light the second candle as a sign of our faith that the god we worship is not far from us and he is trustworthy a sign of our willingness to clear the way for you to come and dwell with us we light these candles in faith that your return is close
0: and and we all say together oh come oh come Emmanuel